Hi everybody, it's Matt. Listen, I just wanted to give you a heads up before we get started today. We often connect with our guests through the internet and in the process we get crackles and a few noises here and there. So uh, we just please ask that you would excuse those and enjoy the topic of the day. Thanks. Well, hello and welcome to Roaring Hearts Podcast. My name is Matt. Hi, I'm Nancy. And uh, today we are privileged to have Lisa Thompson, who is a freelance Christian editor, uh, joining us today, all the way from Arizona. And we are very grateful to have her here this morning. And we're going to get into our time with her in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome to the Roaring Hearts Podcast. Your hosts are Matt and Nancy Davenport, founders and leaders of Roaring Hearts Revival Ministries, where our focus is to develop and publish Christian literature that is meant to empower and facilitate your walk with Jesus. Ultimately, to bring strong discipleship and merciful hearts for a lost world, and to follow the mandate of the Great Commission. And now, Matt and Nancy. Okay, and we're back, and uh, welcome once again to Dorian Hearts Podcast. Uh, I'm Matt, and this is my wife, Nancy. Thank you to BJ, our mech announcer. We, we love, uh, that's the only thing I can think of to call him. I don't know what else to call him, but his name, according to the program, his name is Billy Joel, so we call him BJ for short. All right, and our scripture today is Proverbs 16.3, and it says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Oh, it's good to plan ahead. God has great things for us. We are awesomely privileged to have Lisa Thompson with us today. Lisa and I, we've never met in person, but we've been friends on Facebook for some time. We were co-moderators with a Christian writers group for some time. She works pretty hard keeping things up. She has several groups that she moderates. She has a lot of experience in dealing with Christian writing in different formats. And so we just want to welcome Lisa to the show. Thank you so much, Matt and Nancy. I'm really glad to be here and to have this opportunity to share with your audience. It's awesome to have an editor who really knows her stuff with us today. It's pretty exciting. And we're going to uh, chat with her. We do have a lot more people spending time writing in the Christian different in the different genres of Christian writing today. And so uh, this might be very informative if you're interested in doing that. Certainly is for us, since uh, Nancy, my wife, is my editor for the books that that we write and and produce. So welcome aboard. The first thing, first thing, obviously, that we want to know is, how, how did you get to the place that you're at now? Well, that was a little bit of a journey. I started this career much later in life, in midlife, basically. My degree's in elementary education, and I have a minor in English, and I had young children. I was looking for a way to possibly make money from home. At the time, in May 2009, I belonged to an online group of crafters. This was way before Facebook, or Facebook was just starting. There was a section in on the crafting board that was for non-crafting topics. And we had discussions about a lot of different things 
on there that had nothing to do with crafting, just basic conversation. So one of the members had mentioned that she wrote articles online for a website on all types of different topics. And she said that she was paid to write. She was working from home and she was telling me about the website. And I said I was interested. So I went and checked it out and signed up and was accepted for my writing. And the rest is basically history. I just, you know, continue to write from there. Now that website is now defunct. Um, and then I continued doing some writing for some other called uh, what's called content mill sites. Content mills mean that they're churning out content for customers. And then they have authors who write that content and they um, might crank it out and repurpose it for several different clients. And they're known for churning out a lot of articles really quickly and very low pay. I did that for a few years. At that time, I did some editing, but then eventually I did not want to work for the content mills anymore because it was not very productive and financially efficient for what I needed to do as a single mother. So I started looking for individual clients to work for, for both writing and for editing as well. For about the last seven years, I have been doing a lot more editing than writing. Since I started in May 2009, I've written and sold more than 2 million words, and I've edited about 300 books and done some ghost writing as well. And most of what I edit is Christian nonfiction, a few dozen memoirs as well. And I've met a lot of fascinating people from all over the world. Very interesting job, and I'm very thankful for the privilege that I have to help God's people polish their books and bring them up to a professional standard of excellence so that they can publish them. It is an amazing process that you do and certainly an amazing service that you do. And I, I do have to say that editors are the unsung hero of the, of the literary world because it's one thing to have a story or a process or whatever it is that you're bringing. It's one thing to have that. That's, that's a great gift. It's another thing to bring it in print. So it's very easy for me to describe what I'm trying to say, you know, with my mouth and, and tell people. But to put it in print, uh, it's a little bit different. And it really does need somebody who knows what they're doing to be able to handle it. Thank you for, you know, for the effort. It sounds like it's been quite an effort to get to where you're at. All right, Lisa, tell us what areas of editing do you most specialize in? Well, nearly everything I edit is some type of Christian living content on all types of subjects. So Christian living is basically nonfiction of many, many different types of topics. And on my website, I have a disclaimer that just because I edit a book doesn't mean I agree with the doctrine. So I do try to edit mostly not 100%, but edit things that are within, you know, somewhat traditional theology, although there are some things that I edit that are a little bit interesting. But um, I do edit books of all different subjects. And I edit quite a few different memoirs as well. One 
woman recently, her husband was unjustly sentenced to death row in Texas for allegedly killing three people and he was convicted and then he was actually eventually executed in the book she outlined everything that had happened and why the whole case was basically a sham um and why his conviction and and subsequent execution was unjust a very sad story but very fascinating um and interesting material that i'm privileged to work on even though i don't necessarily agree with some of the theology of different books that i edit my job is to really help the client to present the material as effectively as possible to communicate their point i do the very best that i can for the client whether or not i agree with the material i do my best to put that aside unless the client specifically asks me what do you think of what i'm working on and sometimes clients do they want to know my opinion but a lot of times they don't they just want me to help them make it as strong of content as it can be and i'm happy to help them with that so there are several different kinds of editing and sometimes editors and authors are very confused about those because the terms can be used in many different ways so the five types of editing that i do and explain to my clients are first of all assessments or critiques it's just an overview of your book and to tell you are you going in the right direction is this confusing to the reader are you trying to mix up a lot of different subjects for fiction are your characters clear like can you tell who the main character is do they have a definite conflict with their with their story that they're driven to toward the end of the book or are they just kind of aimlessly wandering through the book and for non-fiction it's is the topic coherent and cohesive is it in some type of logical orders and that's very big picture a very big picture overview of the whole book developmental editing is where you actually go in and make those changes and that is you're looking at the whole book you're looking at the chapter level for a non-fiction book you might say you know what chapter 12 is completely out of order move that to chapter 3 chapter 5 isn't really relevant it's great information but you need to put it in another book so line editing involves some rewriting at the paragraph level at the sentence level the author might be writing in passive voice they're not engaging the reader they might be telling things from a very distant perspective instead of pulling the reader into what they're saying and line editing addresses a lot of those issues helps with repetitive words so that the author isn't repeating themselves over and over and those types of things copy editing is what a lot of clients and authors think of as editing that's where you're looking at the technical stuff the words the punctuation did they write than t h a n and they meant t h e n as far as a time time goes did they mix up capitalization is there extra spacing are there two spaces after a period instead of one 
all those types of things. And then proofreading is the final detailed check of everything in the book for both copy editing and formatting. A lot of, lot of good work there. A lot of, lot, put lot, together. a tremendous amount involved in, in um, making. And of course we know from um, a thousand different memes, um, comma location <laughs> is paramount. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, what are, what are some of the common issues that you deal with as an editor, whether it's just editing or whether it's Christian editing? What, is it, what are some of the common issues that come up? Sometimes the book just really is not reading, ready for editing at all. It's not organized properly. Once I worked on a fiction book, it had like five different genres. A book like that just won't sell. Readers are looking for a book that's just in one genre that's specific. Like one really common genre in Christian fiction is Christian Amish fiction. If an author can get themselves in a place to write a bunch of books about Christian Amish fiction, they can do really, really well. But that's a very specific genre. So this one book that I had worked on had some romance in it, some zombies, some science fiction, some fantasy, and a few shape-shifting, like a few random things thrown into the mix. And I was like, dear client, uh, this book is not ready for any type of edits. We need an assessment here and let me do this assessment for you. And then either you can do the work and clean up everything that I'm telling you about, or I can do the work. But first you need to pick a genre and not, you know, just kind of throw together everything and hope that the mix will turn into a cake because that's not how it works. I write everything down and send it to the client in a letter to make sure that everything's in writing, that there's not any questions about what we have going on. All right, and we're going we're gonna to cut away for just a real quick second here and let our sponsor uh, get his name in here. Uh, Kevin Ferguson is a local owner of one of our amazing little stores downtown at the mall, the Willamette Valley Christian Supply Hallmark Store. <laughs> I know I messed that up. Anyway, let's cut away for just a second. Hi, everyone. This is Matt Davenport. I have a friend here in Albany, Oregon, who is just an amazing man of God. He and his wife own and operate the Willamette Valley Christian Supply Store in our own Heritage Mall. It is also a gold crown hallmark store. Their website is christiansupplyandoutlet.com. Again, that is christiansupplyandoutlet.com. Such an awesome thing to have in our own neighborhood. His name is Kevin Ferguson, and he might be one of the most personable people I have ever met. It is really an honor to know these people. My wife and I shop there on a regular basis. The store sells a huge variety of Bibles and many different translations, dozens and dozens of Christian and family-based books from authors like Francis Chan, Sarah Young, Gary Chapman, Dave Ramsey, Priscilla Scherer, and hundreds more, even a few of my own. And they have all the beautiful things you'd expect from a Gold Crown Hallmark store. Cards for every occasion, gifts for everyone in your family, coffee mugs like you wouldn't believe, journals and devotionals, Christian DVDs, tons of music, church supplies, and more. 
and Kevin is always happy to order something special on the off chance it's not in stock. Remember their website, christiansupplyandoutlet.com. From there, you can link to their Jumag catalog and see the latest sales and get a better idea of just how much this amazing little store can offer you. If you forget their web address, just Google Christian Book Albany, Oregon, and they will be the first site to come up. Okay, we're back, and uh, we just want to thank our sponsor, Kevin, and his wife, Krista, for, uh, for being a part of our podcast. Um, we are with Lisa Thompson, who is an editor-at-large. <laughs> um, she's a freelance editor who works with uh, Christian authors and does a variety of different services. And she's been telling us about some of the processes that she does to help her clients. And Lisa, what, what will you do? Let's just get a kind of an overview uh, briefly. What will you do to help your writer? And what will you not do to help your writer? I pretty much do anything that I can within my legal limits to help the writer. Uh, they might need to pay me an extra fee, but if I know how to do it, I try to do it for them. I consider that basic part of customer service skills and knowing how to work with clients effectively. Like I mentioned, I do some pretty specialized work at times for authors and publishers. For example, I might just write a blurb for that client or a book or a bio for the publisher. I don't even edit the book at all. I might create citations or edit citations. I have one client who I'm helping with that. And we're, we've worked together already for a little while and we're getting ready to finalize everything so her book can be released in December. Um, and all I'm doing for her is her citations. So that's super technical work. And it's important because the material needs to be properly credited to the original person who's, who said it. So that goes into what I will not do, which is excuse plagiarism. And many authors do not understand, of authors of nonfiction, they don't understand what does it mean to correctly source your information. Just to explain and give a really quick overview to our audience, um, you don't need to provide a source for really general information. For example, something general information is something that almost anybody knows. There are 50 states in the U United States, okay? All of us know that. Phoenix is a city in the United States. All of us know that. All right, but if you then want to say Arizona was the 48th state and entered the union on February 14th, 1912, now we're getting into information that not everybody knows. So now you have to find an encyclopedia and properly cite that source, either with a footnote or an endnote. Um, now, Chicago Manual of Style says if you have a footnote or an endnote, you don't need to include that in the bibliography unless it's something that's super technical and academic. Generally, most of the books I work on are not quite that academic and they do not have bibliographies. So uh, something that needs a citation is a specific statistic, a quote from somebody that's word for word, an excerpt from a book, those types of things. For example, yesterday, one client of mine tried to use a meme as a valid source of information. Anyone can create a meme. They can make it say anything, true or not. And you just cannot do that. So I ended up reworking the entire citation for him. He was paying me by the hour and have me take the time 
rewrite everything, find a proper citation with valid information that communicates and makes the point that you want to make. I will do that. Yes. Um, generally, you need to use reputable information, current information, updated sources, reputable journals, books. Don't use the examiner or the daily star <laughs> and don't use memes or gifts. <laughs> they won't how you, work. How do you quote a meme? Basically, he just sent me a link to it, <laughs> an online link. And then he thought, oh, well, she can make a citation from this. No, this is not how this works. This is just not how any of this works. That's going to be an interesting book. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I have really done my best with the citations in that book. And there's a lot. Yeah, there were a few things where I was just like, okay, we're doing our best here, but this is not what I would recommend. And the, again, when push comes to shove at the end of the day, I'll, that's all I can do is tell the client, I strongly advise that you do not do this. If you go against my advice, then that is your decision. But I do not want my name associated with this project. And in one case, I even had to have a client sign a release of liability. Again, one case and 300, okay? But I was like, no, if you're sued for this project because you keep going counter to what I'm advising you here as a professional editor, I'm released from liability. I do not want any part of this, even if you don't put my name on the project. Thankfully, that does not happen too often. All right. So tell us what forms of publishing do you work with the most and what do you recommend? Generally, I work with self-published authors about 95% of the time. Some authors I do work with are published either by a small hybrid publisher, which is like a combination of traditional publishing and self-publishing. But almost always, it's, it's an individual client that hires me. I do have a few publishing clients that hire me as well. They are small publishers. I probably, I've worked with at least a half a dozen small publishers on books that they sent me for the client. There are advantages and disadvantages to traditional publishing and to self-publishing. Uh, one of our mutual friends, Matt Ben Wolf, he's done both traditional publishing and self-publishing. He's written on like 13 or 14 books. I'm not even sure. So he has really good insights on what works, what's worked best in that situation. One thing about self-publishing is it's generally much, much quicker. The author's in control of everything. However, with self-publishing, as you guys well know, the author has to pay for everything. They pay for covers, they pay for editing, they pay for formatting, and they pay for marketing. They take the time to do marketing, all right? And marketing is a super, super time-consuming aspect of self-publishing. With traditional publishing, the company will do, they will cover all those things for you. The marketing, the cover, the editing, the formatting. However, you still are responsible for some of your own marketing. And the only people that aren't responsible for their own marketing is the Big, big names, you know, again, Patterson, Grisham, you know, uh, David Baldacci, these huge, huge guys who are already very well known. 
And then those guys go on book tours. All right. So they're still promoting the book. They're marketing in a different way, but they're marketing because of their face and persona. But unknown authors, indie authors, they have to do their own marketing, even if they go with a traditional publisher. And a traditional publisher generally does take quite a bit longer to release than self-publishing. And the difference can be self-publishing, you can probably publish for a very short book as quick from start to finish in three months. If you have a 15,000 word book, you can start writing on day one and hit publish on day 90 or even quicker and have a book out. But traditional publishing, it can take a year to two years, even longer. So it just depends on what the authors wants and what their goals are. All right. Well, we've got a little bit more information than we had before. Thank you so much for for being a part of our podcast today. Lots of good information. I think that, like I said earlier, that editors are sometimes the unsung heroes in the literary world because when you pick up a book and let's say, you know, we've mentioned Patterson several times, say you pick up one of his books and you get to reading, you're all excited. It's great. And it's powerful. It's amazing. It's a great story. And we give all the credit to, to Patterson, but that's not an accurate assessment. Uh, that person that is making sure Patterson's words make sense is a vital wow. part of his success. We really appreciate you uh, stopping by. So, uh, just just a parting shot. What what would what would you want your your listener to actually grasp the most from today? What I want the listeners to know most is that I am a team with you. My job is to help an author improve their book and make it the very very best it can be. So I often tell authors, your book is like a rough gem. And my job is to take it and to polish it, rub off those rough edges, make it shiny in the right spots and reflect the light, maybe highlight some spots that were not, um, you know, kind of dingy and dirty and didn't show up so well and make it be the very best product it can be. Um, I always tell clients, I do not claim to be perfect. I'm human and I do the very, very best I can. But when I send your book back to you, it is, will be a product that you can be very, very proud of to release to the world. And my job is to work with you and help you do that. Lisa, how can, uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to hire you for your services? My website is um, writebylisa.com. So the word write, W-R-I-T-E, by, B-Y, Lisa, L-I-S-A, dot com. And there is a contact form on my website, and they can reach me that way. I'm a little hard to find on Facebook because I'm just under Lisa Thompson. Terrific. Thank you so much, Lisa. We appreciate your time. And uh, just what, like I said, what you're doing, it, it, helping Christian authors get the great 
literature out there that you know that lifts up God, that glorifies God, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's a, um, a lifestyle book or whether it's a a novel or a biography or something along those lines. Uh, just having that resource in the kingdom is an awesome part of, uh, of what we do. And I, and I love that this is happening more and more. I love that freelance editors are available because we're having more and more writers that are coming to the surface that have the skills and the experience and, and, and literally the stories that people need to hear. Thank you so much, Lisa. We appreciate your stopping by and having a chat with us. And we'll keep you posted on, on anybody that we might want to send your way. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show, Matt and Nancy. It was really enjoyable to chat with you both and share about my business and what I do and how I help authors to make their books the best that they can be. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Nice talking with you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Roaring Hearts podcast with Matt and Nancy Davenport. This weekly podcast is meant to bring a variety of issues and topics that Christians may be dealing with on a daily basis. If you would like more information or desire to connect with us, you can find us at rhrministries.com. Thank you, and God bless you.